Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Boundaries podcast, a podcast where we interview faculty, students, staff, and alums of the Beyond Boundaries series of courses and the Beyond Boundaries program at Washington University in St. Louis. In this podcast, we aim to reach across the digital divide and highlight engaging stories told by Beyond Boundaries faculty and students at WashU and their ideas for future work and play. We hope to give you a window into what Beyond Boundaries is, featuring the next generation of interdisciplinary thinkers and collaborators whose aim is to leverage curiosity across disciplines in an effort to solve some of the most complex and challenging problems we face in the world today. My name is Rob Morgan, and I am the director of the Beyond Boundaries program at WashU and a teaching professor in the area of design and the performing arts department. Enjoy the show. My guests today on the Beyond Boundaries podcast are two fourth-year students at WashU here in St. Louis. Um, they are not in Beyond Boundaries, but they are um, proposal-approved, uh, let's say, uh, the brand-new launch of Creative Collaborations Initiative at WashU under the Beyond Boundaries umbrella. Um, these two talented students here at WashU applied and were approved for a really interesting uh, creative collaboration that I'm very excited for them to tell you what it's all about. And so I have on the line Alicia Yang and Victoria Zhu, um, both fourth year students. Alicia is in arts and sciences. Uh, Victoria is in the Sam Fox School of Design and Visual Arts, which needs a shorter name, I think, but that's fine. <laughs> um, but I am very, very excited to have Alicia and Victoria on the pod to talk about this project they're doing together. But let's get started. We'll start with Alicia and then go to Victoria. Um, tell us a little bit about yourselves. What's your major and your minor, hometown, all that kind of good stuff? Hey, sure. Hello. Um, first of all, thank you, Rob, for having Victoria and me on this podcast. We're so excited. Um, and my hometown is Acton, Massachusetts. I often tell people uh, Boston or the Boston area, but really more accurately, it's a suburb in Massachusetts. So it's very different than you know, the city atmosphere of St. Louis. Um, and at WashU, I am majoring in neuroscience in the biology department and minoring in medical humanities and writing. Fantastic. Wow. So double, double minors and a major. Is that right? Yes. I want yeah. to take full advantage of my time at Washington. <laughs> That's great. And you're really maxing out what we call the rule of threes here, which means you can minor in a couple of things and yeah. major in one thing or major in two things and minor in one thing. I often like to tell students, you also can just major in one thing. That's just fine <laughs> if you want. That's, but, that's true. <laughs> but so great. You have an, uh, you know, basically you are, uh, your minor, majors and minors are, are inherently interdisciplinary in themselves. That's awesome. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, and so yeah, so uh, let's move to Victoria. Victoria, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, yeah, thank you for having us um, on this podcast. I'm Victoria. Um, my hometown is in Westchester County, New York, so it's um, like an hour outside of the city. Um, I was I moved around a little bit as a kid. I was born in Seattle, but um, since my sophomore year. Nice. Um, my major, I'm majoring in communication design, and I'm minoring in biology and human-computer interaction. Wow, I'm that's also 
following yeah. the rule of three. <laughs> the rule of threes is in effect for you as well. Wow. I think that's just so great that you're taking full advantage. As I sometimes say, like suck the marrow out of the Wash U experience. You know, you're taking full advantage of this, this university and all its different divisions and areas. Um, so how do you two know each other? How did you, are you, did you take a class together? Did you know each other before coming to Wash U perhaps? That's a great question. Um, no, we did not. I don't believe we've taken, no, we probably have taken some pre-med courses together, but I didn't know Victoria from those classes. We actually know each other from a magazine um, called Frontiers, which is Washington University's Review of Health. Um, and we're both on the executive board this year. It's fantastic. That's a great magazine. We've had uh, Angela Chen, it's one of our Beyond Boundaries students, have, oh, has yeah. written for Frontiers. And mm -hmm. she's, do, yeah, do you all know great. her? Yeah. 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 And, a lot in Frontiers. Yeah, I think she also does some artwork as well. Um, really beautiful yeah, watercolor yeah. work. Nice. Mm -hmm. So uh, how did this idea, and we'll get into what it is specifically, but um, what what prompted maybe one one of you to approach the other and say, hey, I got this idea, let's apply for creative collaborations. How did, how did that start? Yeah, I can start by telling kind of how I got into it and then really seeing, I was blown away by, by hearing Victoria's vision for it and how to make it accessible and tangible. So maybe she can add on. Um, I had always seen um, unhoused individuals near the Skinker area and also um, on Kings Highway in Central West End where I do um, research at the medical school, but it wasn't until um, I started doing outreach with the unhoused population um, with Asian Christian Fellowship that I was able to meet some individuals and hear more about their stories that I became really invested and felt compelled to learn more about homelessness in St. Louis and really the challenges that arise when trying to tackle such a large and complicated issue. And so this past semester for my literary journalism class, I am writing a final paper um, with some interviews of unhoused individuals and also just trying to put all of these circu um, circling issues into conversation with one another. And so in one of my conversations with a community leader, his name is Mario Malone, and he works at the Community Action Agency of St. Louis County. Um, he mentioned that one reason why there may be so many unhoused individuals, despite there being so many organizations that are trying to work to, you know, alleviate these issues is the fact that there's a disconnect between the resources that are available and how it's made accessible or, you know, how easy it is for unhoused individuals to actually get in touch with these organizations. And so one way, um, just an easy and simple way of thinking of starting to address these issues is by compiling a comprehensive, inclusive, and really accessible booklet of resources that isn't full of just text and confusing procedures, but that is filled with like maps and illustrations that is easy to interface with. Um, and so that's where I was thinking about who to reach out to to share this idea. And Victoria, and I recently got to see some of her work for her classes, and I was just amazed by how beautiful they are but then also like 
how you can make something complicated into something that is simple and easy to digest. Yeah, sounds fantastic. Uh, Victoria, the, the um, expert in communication design, anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, Alicia, you flatter me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, she reached out to me um, over Slack, our Frontier Slack from right. And um, proposed this project to me, and I've never heard of or really researched into what delved into what creative collaborations um, was doing beforehand. But um, I thought her pitch initial idea was really interesting and was something that um, wasn't too daunting in terms of workload and um, just the general setup being like a sort of some sort of pamphlet was not something that I haven't. Um, experience before, so I thought this was something um, applying my and um, as she explained her sort of inspiration and what prompted her to on this project, I was really inspired as someone with many different classes across the different schools and uh, being in these three hour long studios all day, I feel like I don't go off campus very much and I don't want to leave WashU being immersed in the bubble, even though I do um, venture off campus sometimes, it's nowhere near enough to get the full scope of um, the issues that St. Louis is facing. Yeah. Um, one thing that um, sort of opened my eyes to this was actually a design project uh, that a visualization where we had how um, different areas in St. Louis were um, congruently affected by the virus, depending on like socioeconomic, economic status, and other variables, and um, that sort of helped into um, something St. Louis experiences. And so, yeah, hearing Alicia's pitch. Um, I found it really inspiring, and I wanted to create something that communicates um, easily. Oh, we think it's really important to think about audience in terms of what you're making, because if you design for everyone, you design for no one. So I mm. wanted to create something designed for unhealthy people and something that they find is actually useful and applicable. Yeah. Well, I'm really, I was really blown away by the application because I really think, like you said, you mentioned the word bubble, you know, that a student can go through four years here and more or less never have to leave the bubble. Everything's to an extent, everything's provided from food to housing to whatever, you know, we might need. And, and it's really admirable that you want to kind of uh, push past that, right, and engage with the St. Louis community. So um, for those that don't know, Creative Collaborations Initiative has been relaunched this year. Um, and uh, this is a classic, classic example, I think, of a really great interdisciplinary project. The idea is that two students across two different divisions at WashU, and we have two of those represented here with Alicia and Victoria, um, that they collaborate together on a funded project. Um, up to $1,000 they can request on a project, and 
And this booklet, um, which I want to hear more a little bit more about, um, sounds like a great, great project um, uh, that you'll be uh, utilizing. Thankfully, the faculty and experts and scholars we have here at WashU to uh, consult with them and make sure the content and the visualization of it is just right. So uh, I believe I also read in your um, in your application that it also, this booklet, whatever it does become, um, that written by both of you and illustrated, you might say by both of you, um, would also work for those that are illiterate, that cannot read. Um, can you talk a little bit about more about sort of the accessibility aspect to this idea? Yeah, that's actually a really big part of it and why I think that when I saw the creative collaborations um, this opportunity to apply, I was thinking that it opened so many doors of reaching more people because something that I hadn't thought about before was the accessibility of even having a laptop to be able to search for local shelters or being comfortable with going into a public library and using a public computer um, and being able to navigate that because I think sometimes we take for granted the, the literacy that and the experience that is needed in order to interact with technology or even to be able to read at a certain level um, and so when thinking about creating something that is accessible to all people um, and something that someone wants to look at and read through including more language that is direct and concise um, paired with more illustrations and maps that really show where the bus stops are in order to get somewhere and then also where shelters are relative to um, someone who is living on the street. And I think Victoria had a lot of good insight about how to make you know, this sort of booklet um, accessible and easily readable. Yeah. yeah. Um, Go ahead, Victoria, uh, please. <clears throat> yeah, sure. Um, I was thinking when Alicia and I first like, sat down and um, discussed more of the details of what we should include, um, I knew that we needed to account for the perspective which some half people are coming from. And um, because I feel like there's a lot of, um, there could potentially be a lot of tone deaf designs and resources out there mm -hmm. who like well-intentioned um, can be a little problematic in that they don't reach their target audience. So I wanted to make sure mm -hmm. for this project that this very common thing does not happen to us. And something that we considered were including uh, maps and really thinking about the semiotics of the icons, making them um, legible and uh, readable mm -hmm. at a good size where um, people who might need glasses but don't have access to glasses could also um, see them clearly and understand their meanings and um, not to overload the <clears throat> document with information, um, just provide enough for um, what they would find to be useful, but not to crowd the document and make it seem intimidating. Yeah, I think that's so insightful on your part. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of a project from a I would say a number of years ago now about the redesign of prescription bottles um, for someone that cannot see very well, seeing a color on the bottle is easier to see than tiny, tiny text. And so of course we want 
our loved ones to be taking the right medication. And so making sure that the medication itself is, is just simply labeled properly and legibly was an important process. Um, I was really, yeah, sorry. Did you want to respond to that? No, I was just thinking that's so cool. It's like creativity and innovation really work hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly I, I was just discussing with my design students. I teach a set design class about making data visual and how that can have so much, uh, such a powerful impact on the viewer. For example, most recently, um, the COVID uh, basically deaths uh, a memorial right around the Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. with those tiny white flags. And, you know, reading a number, for example, of uh, 750,000, for example, deaths and seeing it are two totally different things, you know, and uh, really, really commendable. Um, there were a couple of sentences of your proposal that I was really uh, floored by, and I, in a great way. <laughs> uh, using art and creative expression in partnership with the people we meet, we can create a collage of faces or illustrations of belongings or locations that are important to the people we meet. In this way, unhoused people who receive the booklet will are invited to be partners and contributors, to feel ownership and take pride in their city while seeing the importance of their presence. You know, it's uh, as much as it is anything, it's also a psychology project you're working on, you know, making, making people feel like they belong, that they are worthy of help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. I think that it's not that we're doing something for someone. It's more like we are here sharing this city together. And so let's work together to make it a safe space and home for all of us. And so we definitely want to make sure that, like Victoria said, it's not tone deaf and it's it's focused on what people need um, rather than what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to add to that, Victoria, before I move on? Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, this was the first part of what Alicia um, told me about this project as sort of featuring these faces and testimonials, um, which I thought was like a very sensitive and gentle way of adding character to this project. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, again, um, one thing about this project is um, I don't want us to be talking down to um, individuals and instead be like a resource that they can turn to um, when they need it and um, really consider how um, information like this is disseminated between communities, um, Mm -hmm. for instance, maybe it's just more comfortable to go to people in a similar situation as you and obtain um, resources from word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So um, that was something that I thought was interesting, like it would be interesting to include. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, and oh, another aspect of these creative collaboration initiatives, um, before we get to some other questions, uh, is um, basically that students leverage or utilize the expertise we have, if you want to call it in-house, you know, here at WashU. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you all mentioned a couple of faculty members in the Memory for the Future course, and also a faculty member at the Brown School. Um, talk just a little bit about the sort of expertise. You're not, you're not doing this project by yourselves uh, necessarily, you're going to reach out 
to um, to scholars uh, in at right here on our campus. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, the folks that you want to talk to? Yes, absolutely. I think that WashU has so many resources and amazing faculty who are working really hard, not just within the classroom to teach, but also to make tangible impacts in the communities um, and in whatever scholarly field they're in. Um, I mentioned Memory for the Future, which is a sociology class that I took with Professor Walk and Professor Ward. They um, really structured the class and the first, the semester that I took the course was the first semester that they were piloting this new kind of practicum. Um, and it was during COVID, so unfortunately, it was difficult to go out into the community. But nevertheless, I learned so much about how to engage with um, community leaders and also the importance of thinking about sites of consciousness. And Rob, you talked about the memorial um, outside the National Museum, and that's something that I was thinking about for that course because I was thinking about ways to remember COVID-19 and the lives that were lost without, um, I guess, without omitting the inequalities that were embedded within, you know, COVID um, and the impacts that it had on St. Louis and our world, um, but also in a way that is really sensitive to the trauma that people are experiencing. So bringing it back to this project, I think um, these professors are really interested in engaging directly with St. Louis and also thinking about past histories in order to reimagine future future improvements to the city. And so I really want to um, share this idea with them so that they can really provide insight about how we can do it in a way that is sensitive to the community and they are experts on the histories of um, the people living in St. Louis. Yeah, definitely. Victoria, any, anything to add to that? Yeah, um, I guess I was thinking um, very much from who I can contact design-wise since um, mm -hmm. Lisa had a pretty good plan of who she wanted to work with um, in terms of nation side. And one person that I hopefully would be able to reach out and work with is Aggie Toppins. Um, I think she recently won an award for design instruction, um, which is very cool. And um, I took her course on semiotics, which is what uh, deals with like philosophy of designing signs and encoding and decoding. And I feel like um, in terms of making a visual design that is textually pared down yet still conveys um, the right amount of information visually is important for our uh, and um, being able to work with her uh, would be very helpful, especially based on my experience. Yeah, for sure. I'm also an Aggie Toppins fan. <laughs> I follow her on Twitter, so I, I'm aware of the uh, the award she just received. So if she's listening, I can't guarantee she is, but if she's listening, congratulations to you, Professor Toppins. Mm -hmm. Right, very happy for you. So here again, you're connecting. You know, in a sense, you're the 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 glue between different faculty, connecting faculty as well across different disciplines. I think it's really fairly fantastic. 
Um, let's get, talk a little bit about just more personally. Um, what, uh, so do you have plans post-graduation? Uh, I know that's mm -hmm. perhaps a uh, anxiety inducing question to ask, <laughs> um, but uh, if you do, uh, even if it's like, I don't know, uh, I'd love to, to know what your plans might be after post-grad. Uh, how about starting with you, Alicia? Yes, it is a stress-inducing, but also exciting question. Sorry. Um, <laughs> don't be. Um, I'm currently applying to medical schools, so hopefully next fall I will be a first year at the medical school. Um, but next semester I won't be taking any classes, and I will be doing research part-time and hopefully, um, hopefully another internship in journalism. Nice. How about you, Victoria? Plans, aspirations? I also, I am currently in the midst of applications and interviews, and um, primarily I'm interested in doing product design and like user interface, user experience design. Um, my ideal situation would be uh, in how like an in-house design position, um, maybe at a tech company, um, ideally in New York where I'll be closer to family, that's what they would like me to be, but really any um, decently sized city would work for me. Um, as for the choice of being at an agency versus um, in-house, because the common, I guess, quote unquote pipeline is most new grads tend to go into an agency where you can expand your portfolio and the diversity of companies you work mm. with being that it's clients coming to the agency and then you can maybe transfer over eventually to working in-house somewhere. Um, I want to work more with the developers and the other non-designers and um, get perspectives on what someone, a non-designer would think about what I'm making mm. um, on like a daily basis. And um, based on my internship experience at an agency, I think I would enjoy being at um, an in-house position more. So those are my current aspirations. Nice, nice. So for all for all the many design firm operators in New York City, um, look up Victoria. <laughs> um, one of my fave designers is Brian Collins. Is is in. Um, I quoted him in a book I'm, I'm writing and will be publishing soon. Uh, and one of my favorite quotes he writes, well, there's two. Uh, one is um, design is rehearsal for the future. I really love that. And also that um, a designer has one foot in craft and the other in imagination. And I, as a theater designer myself, I always feel like that. I'm like, okay, I got this crazy idea for how we levitate, you know, the, the Grinch. How are we going to make that happen? <laughs> so, you know, it's like, uh, let's test this out and pick in cardstock first before we put an actor up on a high level, for example. So, um, so yeah, I feel like those two quotes uh, for, for Brian Collins and Brian Collins, I'm kind of fangirling now, but Brian Collins, uh, I asked for permission for his quote and he wrote me back and he said that, um, He's definitely not listening to this podcast. I'm sure he doesn't listen. But and he said, uh, he said, you know, I've always fancied myself a set designer. And I'm like, what? My hero thinks, you know, like he's he's a set designer. This is amazing. So anyway, uh, I digress. 
Um, I would love to know uh, just quickly a little bit about, um, I feel like, and, and you may agree or disagree, that's fine, um, that during COVID, during our sort of strange virtual year we spent last year, um, that maybe there was more time to, to sort of focus and, and more important perhaps to focus on self-care. Um, so with that in mind, what are some things that got you through COVID? Uh, what are some things that you like to do when you're not studying and you're not um, you know, working hard on classwork? Um, what, do you, what do you like to do in your free time? I, if to any WashU students who have not tried swimming in the swimming pool, <laughs> WashU has a great swimming pool and I love swimming and also playing badminton with friends. Um, yeah, I think just being active and or trying to be outdoors is helpful for taking taking your mind off of some things that can be more, I don't know, that can make you feel like trapped or stuck. Um, and I feel like WashU has, or I guess St. Louis has a lot of beautiful places like Forest Park. Mm-hmm. And if you go even further um, downtown or to Illinois, there are a lot of great outdoor spots. Nice, nice. Very good. Very good. So you're outdoors kind of athletic person. That's fantastic. And yes, you're right. The rec center pool is gorgeous. <laughs> I can, I can, I can second that for sure. Um, how about you, Victoria? What, what do you do in your free time? Um, specifically back during um, virtual or primarily virtual courses, I also agree with Alicia that being asked it helps keep me a bit sane. Um, I didn't go to the pool, but I did go outside. I went to Forest Park, and um, I worked out on, like, a pretty regular basis. Um, it helped to be able to move and, like, get a little bit of change in scenery, apart from being at my own desk all day. Of course, yeah. it's kind of a be careful what you wish for situation now that mm-hmm. um, this all of this semester I had 8.30 a.m. courses mm-hmm. Monday through Thursday, and... They were always on the other side of campus from where I lived. It was yeah. a real task to get used to walking, um, <laughs> walking um, on a time constraint again. Yeah. But otherwise, definitely helped. Also, cooking a lot at home um, yeah. was a great like, reprieve in the middle of the day. Yeah, definitely. Like you, I've found the, the back-to-back Zoom calls, you know, while exhausting is also like easy, just like click, click, done. Mm-hmm. And I'm like you, I'm finding that uh, a blend of my day of Zoom calls and in-person people, uh, in-person people, in-person calls <laughs> is is just so in-person calls. What am I talking about? In-person meetings um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, it's suddenly you're like, oh, wait, now, what format is that meeting in? Is it in person? That means I need to sort of work in time and to get back to my desk and sit in front of a camera or whatever it might be. So can totally, totally relate to that for sure. But um, yeah, I thought Victoria was going to say free time. I'm in the Sam Fox School of Design and Visual Arts. I don't have free time. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, um, last but not least, I want to ask you each a question we ask almost all of the Beyond Boundaries podcast guests, and that is, okay, you could go back in time. I'm going to give you a time machine, and it's going to go back to the fall of, help me out, 20, <laughs> 2018? Is that when you started? 2018. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm, I have a time machine. I'm taking you back to the fall of 2018, and you have one opportunity and one opportunity only to whisper in your own ear a little bit of advice, what would you whisper in your first year self 
self's ear. I don't know if I'm doing grammar, grammatic, I'm not, I'm <laughs> definitely slaughtering grammar. Um, you know, what would you whisper, what would you whisper in your own ear if you could give yourself some, some, some advice looking back on your WashU career? Uh, let's start with Alicia. I think about this a lot, um, especially as I guess we're nearing graduation. So there's a lot of time for reflection. I think the first thing I would say is be open to trying new things and failing at them. I think this is cliche, but it's really like difficult to live by because I think when I came in, I was really excited about learning more about healthcare and the path to medicine. But I didn't realize that not everything that I did has to really make sense or fit in with what I want to do in the future. And so by the time I started branching out in, I guess more so during COVID and even during my senior year, which is how I find, found creative collaborations, I realized that there were so many interesting and cool things to get involved in. I think one way to to get started in trying something new and being introduced to those new things is meeting as many different people as you can, um, not just within the walls of WashU, but also outside in the community and hearing about what they're passionate in and then being open to trying those things. Yeah, nice. that's what I would tell my first year self. Nice. That is very wise senior level stuff. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> that's no super, super good advice. Honestly, a lot of times students look at WashU and they're like, oh yeah, classes, you know, like that's where I go. And, but there's so much more. There's resources and centers and institutes and programs like this one. You know, that uh, if you just mm -hmm. just do a little uh, sleuthing around, you'll definitely find them as you all did with creative uh, collaborations. Um, same question to you, Victoria. You have a time machine. You can whisper in your own ear, your first year self. What would you say? Um, if I had if I had to boil it down to one quote or like one idea, it would be don't lose steam. Um, I was pre-med. I guess I'm in a way still open to being pre-med since um, I'm willing, I'm interested in um, just doing design in, as a career for a bit. And if I feel that um, after sort of satisfying my curiosity, this is not something I want to do permanently, I'm open, I've done the coursework and I'm open to going to med and applying to med school. And this was some, like a very weird battling to like railroad tracks um, kind of experience I had mostly in my um, underclassmen years where I was taking all these um, pre-health classes along with my required studios. And I was very gung-ho about everything I did. Um, and I wanted to do everything and just be on top of things. And um, looking back, especially sophomore year, um, looking back now, I'm just thinking, wow, I, was I had such massive output and I couldn't do that at this point, not especially not after COVID. And at the same time, I remember being a little bit miserable back then because I had to, uh, everything I did took a lot of time and I had to um, bury myself away and um, sort of just put on a YouTube video and grind out so much work. Um, yeah. So yeah, while I don't regret anything I did at 
that sort of massive quantity. One of my favorite design projects I have done in my um, well, almost four years um, was from that time. I mm. don't want to utterly burn myself out and have to sleep for three days straight after every break. Yeah, no doubt. No, that's also wise, wise advice. Uh, as a, uh, I, I had some wise advice myself when I was younger, and that, that someone told me, uh, you know, you can't take care of anybody else and take care until you take care of yourself first. You know, as someone, uh, and I think I can analyze myself well enough to know I like to help others. You know, I also found that I had to make sure my tank was full before I could help anybody else. So. Very, very smart. You both are so smart. I'm going to graduate you now. <laughs> please, thank you. You, yeah, please. Thank you. We'd love that. Uh, I have no power to do that. Um, but, uh, but if you're, I mean, this is really, really great advice for prospective students, first year students uh, to hear you all talk and reflect on your, you know, where you've come from uh, the long journey that you've been on and almost are completed. Um, here at WashU. So with that, I just want to thank you both, Alicia Yang and Victoria Zhu. I cannot thank you enough for spending uh, some time with me to talk about uh, creative collaborations, talk about your backgrounds here. And um, I'm just very, very, very grateful um, that you spent the time and uh, hopefully students will listen to this and go, you know what? I got this idea. I want to uh, propose to creative collaborations. And you can on our website, very quick plug, sorry, shameless plug, on our, on our Beyond Boundaries website, <laughs> under resources, under the resources tab, look for creative collaborations. And that takes you directly to the very same form that Alicia and Victoria filled out um, for creative collaborations. And you never know, you might be approved for some money to, to sort of see that through. So um, we're gonna check in with you both um, as you go along and uh, see how you're doing and uh, let us know how we can help. Um, but I think you've got a great idea here and I can't wait to see what comes out of it. So with that, have a great, uh, both of you, please have a great holiday, great winter break, get some rest. Uh, enjoy yourselves, get some time outdoors, um, maybe swimming <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and have, a, have a great, great winter break. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your time.